0: This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined with expletives.
1: Welcome, all you uh, amazing humans, to Goddamn Devotionals, the podcast where we break down the harmful ideas and messages found in Christian devotionals and self-help books.
0: Really working hard to separate the bull from the shit so you don't have to.
1: I'm JR, And this is J.P. And in this episode, we are continuing John Eldridge's Waking the Dead. Chapter two. Leave them where they are. They're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody needs zombies. That's just... Or not zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies. Nobody (laughs) needs zombies. (laughs) Chapter two is titled The Eyes of the Heart. So John starts out this chapter in his favorite way by describing a scene from a movie. And it's not going to be a good movie either. Well, in this case, it's the red pill, blues pill scene from the first Matrix movie.
0: Oh my gosh, I was thinking about that as you were kind of like starting the intro. I'm like, we haven't hit like a Matrix reference yet. Something that, you know, um, something like Alex Jones can reference. Yeah, red pill, blue pill. Mm-hmm. Here we go.
1: So along with a few more examples, this story is meant to illustrate that we need to have our eyes opened in order to truly see what's happening in our lives.
0: So you need Lawrence Fishburne to pop up and offer you an obscure choice that doesn't tell you anything about...
1: What you're going into and what the choice really is.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Going, here, you can keep on living your life as you live it, or something else.
1: Right. (laughs) The question, according to John, is do we really want to see what's happening in our lives?
0: Well, I mean, if it means eating porridge for the rest of your life and living in really, really ill-fitting wool sweaters instead of the tight-fitting leather, especially with that movie's concept of where the hell are they getting their wool from? They don't have sheep. They live underground.
1: It's all synthetic.
0: <laughs> Again, seriously, dude. Your metaphors, not metaphors, your examples, using movies. Movies have plot holes. And they're really, really limited when it's red pill, blue pill. You can stay exactly as you are, living your life, and have some questions, or I can plunge you into the complete unknown. And it will not be better.
1: (laughs) No. First, let's let John explain the logistics to us of how we see... Well, first, we have to find out how to not lose heart. Mm. The Apostle Paul, who's portrayed in this book as a type of guru master who holds fathomless secrets due to his vast life experience.
0: So, the Apostle Paul is Morpheus. I got gotcha. you. I'm following you. I, I, I've yeah. seen the movie.
1: He's made the connections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the Apostle Paul tells us to quote, Fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. You know, that Bible verse that gets repeatedly taken out of context to slot into a matrix scene. Which, this saying here, Mm -hmm. John interprets as being told to look at life from a different perspective.
0: Okay.
1: That's all that means. Yeah. That's the profundity that's given us.
0: Stop looking at it through your own eyes. Look at it through, you know, a, a, a higher perspective. I, I'm just waiting for the Apostle Paul to no, say, John follow me. the white rabbit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so John understands if you don't get it. I mean, we've grown up with the internet and facts and cell phones and probably don't understand the wisdom and genius of telling stories even though we also grew up in a society that watches movies which he's just taken mm-hmm. stories from well and
0: you get sections of the of the the new testament that say things like you know um you can't understand anything without the holy spirit at least that's what was preached to me as a kid in church <laughs> was that all understanding comes through the holy spirit so don't really need to bother with you know lay the foundation with some some academics but really the true understanding won't come until you have jesus (laughs) that
1: too (laughs) but john of remember is Mm -hmm. even simpler than this
0: i always forget i'm thinking in layers and (laughs) he's thinking in movie titles
1: yes this is not about the holy spirit working in our lives this is about the fact that We of the Internet age tend to want to know things on an intellectual level and not understand things on a deep spiritual level. Mm. Which is why he assumes, condescending prick, (laughs) that he's the only one who can find deeper meaning in Hollywood blockbusters.
0: Oh, that is that is the saddest, like, modern-day prophet. Like, Mm. what are you scrying for, sir? What... What are you looking for in the in the tea leaves? Oh no, I just I just watched the newest trailer coming out and God spoke to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now John explains that the reason you might act like God doesn't love you is because the truth hasn't really sunk into your heart yet. Mm. Or maybe you haven't heard the right story in the right way to make it seem real to you.
0: Oh, that that sort of cryptic idea that You have to hear it the right thing, at the right time, in the right way, for you to finally... You could hear it a hundred different ways all through your life, but all of a sudden, one day, it becomes real. Yes, it caught you to probably a moment of emotional vulnerability, and you latched on to it.
1: Well, John's going to help you with that. Oh, good. He's going to inundate you with so many fucking retellings of so many stories that he thinks reveal just the most profound truths ever. (laughs) And he's going to call these stories myths, because that word's just a little bit more mystic sounding. Absolutely. So John patiently explains to us childrens that myths are the stories that speak to our deepest, innermost hearts some kind of everlasting, all-encompassing truth.
0: Which is, I'm (laughs) on the... It is in Back a... of my seat. I'm not not on the edge yet, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it is in myths that we find the answers to all of our questions, right? So I'm going to make a... Bet. No.
0: No. <clears throat> in myths is where we find all the answers to all of our questions?
1: I mean, life's questions?
0: I, I, maybe I'm being far too literal, but there are myths being born all the time. Every, every society has its own myths. They contradict other societies' myths. They, they overlap with one another. They get reinterpreted. Now, so, mm,
1: having mm. read some of John Audre's books, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a very safe bet right now <laughs> that all of the myths that John references throughout his books mm-hmm. or throughout this book are going to be primarily Western in origin. Mm-hmm either biblical or within the past several centuries. These are gonna be things like Tolkien, Lewis, movies. Oh. You might get a few fairy tale retell, you might he might go all the way back to Grimm, but that's about as far back as he's gonna go.
0: Okay. When so when, when you say myths, I, I kind of needed <clears throat> a little context, I guess, for, for what he thinks of as, as myths, and he's talking about Mythical stories, mythical... Basically, what would have been a movie for its time. As opposed to, like, a honest, held belief.
1: He's, he's talking about stories. And I'm going to predict, also, that th- most of the stories that he references are all either going to revolve directly around, or he's going to tangentially drag them to fit into the hero theme okay that's
0: that that that, okay, that that fits a lot a lot better in my mind as to like trying to figure out what he means by myth then
1: so as we go through this book i'm gonna try and i won't reference every single like i'm not gonna go over every single story that he references there's right. no point in retelling a retelling of a retelling right but i will kind of pull out this is the story, this is the story, this is the story that he uses.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll try just not to jump to ahead of you and call it before just, you I, get there.
1: No, go, go feel, free to, <laughs> feel free to assume which stories he's going to pull his ideas from. Okay. So, what do all the great stories and myths tell us? What do they all have in common? What are they trying to get across, John asks us. hmm So, he's going to pull three eternal truths from all myths. again, all myths, needing a caveat. Three eternal truths. Mm -hmm. Number one, they remind us that things are not what they seem. (laughs) The myths that he uses to back this point up include Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, Neo from The Matrix, Jacob from the Bible, and Paul from the Bible. Oh, this is just sad. Second eternal myth or truth. (laughs) Eternal myth. (laughs) (laughs) This is a world at war. Any uh, guesses on the myths that he uh, pulls from? I should say stories because they're not. I was going to say they're not
0: myths. These are just just stories. stories. I mean, like if you're writing any kind of story, there's going to be conflict. Otherwise, it's incredibly boring. Back to your earlier question of, can I pick out? which movies or which myths he's drawing from that there's a great big war that everyone's living within i, I mean the first one that jumps to mind since you already mentioned tolkien is is going to be tolkien also remembering that got the matrix here
1: that was another one that yes. was another one
0: okay um i'm trying to remember back to like the early 2000s late 90s when he probably would have been referencing all of these different movies and i'm trying to what movies were popular at that time <laughs> eldritch which which ones were they <laughs>
1: He's got, he's got The Lord of the Rings, he's mm-hmm. got The Matrix, he also has Narnia.
0: Oh, sorry, yeah, you mentioned C.S. Lewis. I did not like those movies. I try to erase them from my memory, so I mean, that's why I'm not he, remembering them. He mixes
1: movies and books when it comes to, like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and Narnia. Uh, he also references, to prove the point of This is a World at War, mm-hmm. Star Wars, and the story of oh, Daniel. Oh, the
0: prequels are coming out, jeez.
1: <laughs> and the story of Daniel being taken to Babylon from the Bible.
0: Oh, uh, okay, I get it. We get one of these things is not like the other, but is it?
1: He yeah. kind of has to throw <laughs> yes, he kind of has to throw a bible reference in there to make it a little bit more legitimate within this, you know, bible-horned in an old
0: testament captivity story. You can't use all
1: <laughs> movie references there has to be a bible story in there somewhere to me
0: i go oh my gosh all great myths have this one thread so let me find three movies that have come out recently i can draw to popular culture and then let me find an obscure reference in the old testament you couldn't have said joshua and jericho and the the israelites coming into coming from captivity and conflict into the holy land and conflict that there's always a no no you went for well, Daniel got captured. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, let's just go with let's just go with simple. Somebody somebody got uh somebody's life got upended mm-hmm. during a war. And then so number three is we have a crucial role to play. This is your third eternal truth. Mm-hmm. Again, very much into the hero mythology, that the, the type epic of story. hero
0: story where there's, there's... We have a
1: great grand purpose in our life. Yeah.
0: And, and everyone gets to be the legendary heroes. Everybody's on the same journey. Everybody's on the same path. Everyone's everyone gets to be Neo in this case.
1: Hey, you picked out an example that he oh. uses. He also uses Frodo. Because nobody wants to be Samwise Gamgee. They well, all want to be Frodo. That's
0: the problem with this logic of storytelling is going, okay, what? Does every, most every uh, uh, great hero have? You, you lose some of this in the chivalric tales, but what do most great heroes have? They have a supporting cast of people who help them or assist them in some way. You even get this with um, Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim doesn't do the whole journey alone. He no. has help. The idea that the hero is a go-it-alone character... But nobody wants to be that supporting cast member there. They want to be the hero of the story. It it would be like trying to write the book with 20 Frodo's.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So his other examples for this are Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, David Mm -hmm. from David and Goliath, and Peter from the foundation of the modern church, I guess, or the Christian church. With
0: Peter... I'd have an easier time seeing it with Paul than I would Peter, because Paul at least kind of follows some elements of the hero's journey when he he has his road to Damascus experience. He goes into uh, a time of self-reflection and change away from everything for three years, and then he comes back in a savior standpoint and preaches to the entire med
1: yeah but you also get that with peter and the rooster you know he has to yes, go through a sword that, and all that yeah yeah yep. so according to john we doubt this third truth of having a crucial role to play most of all apparently we humans have a hard time believing that we're special but we really do need to believe that because it will change everything <laughs> <laughs> the enemy will really be afraid if you truly believe in yourself and your specialness the enemy mm. has used the Enlightenment, the Age of Reason, science, and the Matrix to blind us to just how crucially special and important our individual lives are. I'm How waiting. irreplaceable we are as individuals. I'm
0: waiting for the line, um, It's okay if you don't believe in God, he believes in you. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for that, sort of that, you know, as long as you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Which I think is a, a really, really great idea as a literary tool. I think sometimes it takes a little bit more effort on our part than just (laughs) self-confidence. Yes.
1: Well, and the idea here with John is not necessarily, like, yes, you are the hero of your own story, but this story is not one that you've written. It's a story that you've been swept along into, Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of figure out your place in the story. Mm Mm-hmm. This is why things like your car breaking down on you happen to you. Because ah. you're not in control of your own story. If you were in control of your own story, you wouldn't have your car break down on you. <laughs> but, you know, you didn't write it. You're just being swept along in it. Kind of like Frodo being swept along. Well, and this
0: again goes... This is There's a problem with the omniscient, omnipresent God who is in control of all things, because then you get back to his his first chapter of Theodicy, why do bad things happen to good people? And you go, well, then this causes some Christians and non-Christians to, to question, is there a force, be it God, doing this to me? Why did God cause my car to break down on me then? Did my car do it of its own accord, or did God do this to me, to help me on my hero's journey? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everything is ordained in the great grand plan.
0: I feel like John Eldrin's would say though, no, it's it's the antagonist of our story here.
1: I mean he kinda of mixes that okay. you know, the enemy, capital E, mm. is, you know, alive and well and trying to keep you from fulfilling your role. Yeah. But there's also a story going on that's been either written or is just happening. And you kind of have to work your way through the story. Mm-hmm. John uses the voiceover lines from the Lord of the Rings trailer. Oh, to yeah. encapsulate <laughs> what Christianity is for the individual.
0: I was kidding earlier when I said, as a prophet, he's just watching movie trailers. Oh no, I, he actually—he's like,
1: actually doing it. <laughs> takes the lines from the Lord of the Rings trailer, oh. the voiceover lines, and mm-hmm. and uses those. To encapsulate what Christianity is for the individual. Mm-hmm. God chooses you, the fellowship of believers protects you, and evil will hunt you. That's those aren't exactly what the voiceover lines were for the no, trailer. I, I remember
0: that now, actually, because uh, like, you know.
1: <laughs> fate I think the one was like fate will choose him, fellowship will protect him, evil will hunt him or yeah. something. And so has john convinced you that you're the the hero of your story yet (laughs) has he proven this to you
0: i i need a plot device i i don't have this um i don't have this destination or this uh this thing that i this critical mission i'm supposed to do be that free everyone from the Matrix or, um, you know, deliver the ring to Mount Doom or, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I haven't received my high calling yet that's going to tell me what is my next step on the journey.
1: (laughs) So this kind of plays into one of my big issues with this is people should believe that they have a purpose or they have a reason for living. People should want to do things with their lives Mm -hmm. and enjoy their life. But this particular way of putting things cuts so close to narcissism, Mm -hmm. it just really seems to almost feed into that type of view of I'm special, I'm the hero, I have a mission and a calling, and anybody who gets in my way, I'm justified. Ignoring, going after, putting down because... I'm the one who's important here. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not necessarily what he's saying, but it cuts so close to that mm-hmm. that it just ugh, it makes I, me grit my teeth.
0: I'll, I'll throw one that I, I feel is equally as damaging, um, because that is absolutely something awful that you do encounter. Somebody who who has this great mission complex that they are, they're on a high calling. They must save this dot 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 insert name here for Christ and not only is it it doesn't matter who I have to go through or who I hurt it's for the kingdom but the people around me that I do that are part of my my core support system their stories are no longer interesting or no longer have any interest or or substance to me. they are simply tools furthering the cause so if I've got this great mission, the people who come around to me, even if they're only here for a time, a period, they're here to serve a purpose and get me further down my journey. Oh, so yeah. relationships are no longer meaningful. You're investing in one another. You're looking at the people around you and what they can do for you.
1: Yes, it also seems like a really cheap way to try and buck up somebody who's depressed, Mm -hmm. as in, "Hey, just imagine you're Frodo, and then you can glory in the suffering, knowing that you'll eventually have a good life if you just make it to Mount Doom and toss in the ring." Except it's like, what? (laughs) Like, what kind of advice is this? Like, just imagine that you're a hero, even though nothing in your life, you know, backs that Mm -hmm. up. How is that supposed to help you now? What if you don't want to be the damn hero?
0: Spoiler alert for all of these heroes. If you haven't seen the Matrix trilogy, sorry. Neo dies in the end. In the case of Frodo, yes, he, he succeeds ultimately.
1: But he's, he's
0: broken by it. And he Absolutely. doesn't
1: actually he's not actually the hero of the story. No, he um, cannot complete his mission. The
0: person it started with actually finishes it. But the entire journey he takes, it crushes him to the point of he can no longer recognize himself in the mirror at the end of it. it he
1: can't he can't even live life in this world anymore. Yeah, he he's,
0: vacates the world. You no, know, you can go through so many of the other so many of these different stories, they don't end with Essentially, a happy, happy, everything's all good. and We get to come home oh, and celebrate. Most
1: hero stories do not have a happy ending.
0: Not, not unless, unless
1: you end with the first move, movie of the trilogy.
0: Well, <laughs> not unless you do the what is a a brilliant, brilliant way of ending a story and not telling the end of it, which is and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And you don't actually have to deal with. But so many soldiers, but so many young men and women have come home from war and having to deal with what they've seen, what they've experienced, having to live with those different things and and process it and re themselves or forge ahead. So many people who have had experiences and traumas, if you are going to embark on some great, big, heroic struggle, except that you're going to be experiencing some level of trauma along the way, you can't fudge over it.
1: And that's the thing where this type of message does not fit in with how real life works. Yes. I might be the hero of my own story, but I am being broken in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. What if I'm not crucial to the operation? What if I'm just a background or an extra mm-hmm. who is only there to get killed <laughs> off on the beaches of Normandy?
0: A red shirt crewman in Star Trek? <laughs>
1: yeah! What if I'm easily substituted and ignored? Yeah. Like, all of this post-pandemic quiet quitting stuff, it's a lot of people who've spent their entire lives being overlooked, being ignored, being treated as expendable. Mm-hmm. When that's my real life, how am I supposed to buy into this, you are indispensable mm-hmm. type of stuff? Where am I indispensable in my life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Handing out bulletins as people enter my church is not my not, epic struggle. Exactly.
1: That is not my great grand mission in life that will give me divine purpose and meaning.
0: Volunteering every other weekend with the youth program is not my great struggle. <laughs>
1: it could be a great struggle. But yes, right.
0: Pass out Mountain Dew, pick up the little Caesar's pizza for the youth group. Yeah. There you go, you've put in your time, go home.
1: <laughs> and I, I recognize that this is an attempt to provide meaning for people, mm-hmm. but it's so cheap. Yes. It's so simple. It's so fluffy, it mm-hmm. feel good, and just comes off as extremely disingenuous. I, I would be
0: more more inclined to agree with him if he said he just took one example, the Matrix, and just say, at one time or another you will be feeling like and then just go through the entire cast. Sometimes you will feel like the hero. Sometimes you will feel like the villain. Sometimes you will feel like somebody who has something to contribute. Other times you will feel disillusioned and want to go back to just not participating whatsoever. And that's life.
1: It's okay to feel that's, all of those yes. ways.
0: Life is complicated. That's why conflict is ever present. But it's not this great big huge colossal war that only you can change. It's no. We are constantly coming in and out of different characterizations based on who we interact with.
1: That's life. And I don't need from you some condescending little, there, there, just imagine that you're somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating because these answers are meaningless. That's They're a- not applicable <laughs> to real life. We've it's gone just, too deep again. <laughs> uh, it seems to be encouraging some sort of mental dissociation yeah. of... Ignore your real life and just pretend that you're somebody and somewhere else. (laughs) So that's it for this chapter.
0: I think we put more into it than he did.
1: (laughs) I seriously think we did. Join us next time for chapter three. If that's the next episode we put out, I don't know what's coming out next, but (laughs) it'll be a mix-up somewhere. Absolutely. This book is going to be interesting. We're going to delve into these ideas of things are not what they seem, world at war, hero crucial role to play Mm -hmm. these are three main themes that john aldrich has in all of his books so we're gonna delve a little bit deeper into that as we go along in this book it's gonna be real intelligent
0: i think we're gonna put way more work into this than we need to
1: (laughs) (laughs) join us next time thanks for joining us this time
0: be the anti-hero of your story
1: Embrace the background role. That's
0: right. (laughs) Be a red shirt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to contact us, tell us anything about your own experiences with any of John Eldridge's books or his ministry, please share them with us. We're, Mm. We're interested. Our contact info is in the show notes. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.
0: Bye.